Would you pray with me? Uh, Father God, we give you the highest praise. Uh, we worship you this morning. You are, are worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise. Uh, God, we thank you that we have an opportunity to gather as your people. Uh, thank you for your living and active word. Thank you for how you use it to form and shape us and change us into the people that you've called us to be. Uh, God, this morning I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive your word. Uh, we are yours. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would work in us and through us for your namesake. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. You may have a seat. Uh, at this time, I would like to dismiss our children, kindergarten through fifth grade. They're headed out to CP Kids. Kids have fun. It was good to spend some time with you this morning. Sounds like you don't feel the same. Uh, it's going to be back with you uh, last week, always really the Sunday after Christmas. Traditionally, as a church family, uh, we hit pause and we, we take an opportunity to uh, spend time with family and to rest, and then we always come back that week after. And so this is the first week back. Uh, I was here early this morning kind of cleaning off the seats, and uh, every once in a while I'll stumble across a note, like a kid will write a note or something that I'll that I'll find, and uh, you may remember last time we met, we had these little cards that talk about, hey, see you in January, this is all that's taking place here at Christ Point, you see this, this might have been on your seat this morning, and on the back, it's like, hey, we're glad you're here, like, fill out the card, and if you have any prayer requests, you know, please let us know, and uh, one of the CP kids filled out this little card and just simply said, you know, where it says, how can we pray for you, it says, I love this church, and I saw this this morning, and I'm like, that's spectacular, like, I do too. Uh, I love this place, and uh, when we uh, when we do not meet together, I always look, long to be back, and so it's good to be back together this morning. Uh, I always look forward to this Sunday, the first Sunday of each year. We kind of press pause on whatever series we're walking through or before we launch a new series and have a Vision Sunday. A Vision Sunday is an opportunity for us to be reminded of why we exist as a church, what is our purpose, why do we gather on Sunday morning, uh, why do we kind of move into our community, what has God called us to. Uh, reminders are good. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more often I forget. And so I need little reminders uh, that I always go back to more and more. I'm writing things down. I'm asking Siri to help me remember to send out an email or have a conversation. Uh, we need to be reminded. And so this morning, we're going to be reminded of why we exist as a church. And then we're going to talk about how we accomplish that mission, that purpose. Uh, I'm going to invite our elders to come up in a little bit, and they're going to share with you how we pursue our purpose together. I always enjoy hearing from them because I am reminded personally that one of the last things that you need is more of me. Um, you probably don't need to hear my voice. Oh, Judy, bless you, Judy. I, you've always been my favorite, Judy. Thank you. Judy loves my voice. She does. Everyone else, though, is like, okay, come on, get on with it. Let's hear from someone else. Uh, no, I love hearing from the elders because we are an elder-led church. We believe that God has called us to lead and to shepherd uh, this flock, these people, and so it's important that you're able to hear from them. And so uh, they're going to talk a little bit today about how we pursue our mission, and then we're going to talk about three core objectives this next year, things that we're praying for as elders and things that we want to invite you to pray for as well. Sound like a plan? Okay, good crowd. Um, Judy, you tracking with me? Yes, Judy's with me. Judy's with me. Uh, at Christ Point, uh, we, lo we love Jesus. We, we love Jesus. Um, yeah, we, we exist for him. Our, our lives have been changed and are being changed um, because of Christ. Uh, we, we love Jesus. I'm reminded of a passage that is found in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 44 through 46. There's two parables that are told kind of back to back, and I want to read them th this morning. It says in Matthew 13, beginning in verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up, and then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant 
in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So you can see that picture, right? I mean, it's, it's easy to see. Life with God, the kingdom of God, is like finding a treasure hidden in a field. You ever stumble across something of great value before? Here the picture is the kingdom of heaven. It's like a treasure in a field. And you stumble upon it. You, you find it. And so what do you do? You, you hide it. You kind of look over. You, know, you hide it. And then you go and you sell everything you have and buy the field. Now, we, we love Jesus because Jesus is of infinite value. Um, he is our greatest treasure on earth. Uh, he is all we have. He is, he is the best thing that we have going for us. At Christ's point, we, we love Christ. Um, the parable continues again. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Right? It's the same picture. Like Someone is on a treasure hunt and they find the treasure. They find the pearl of great price. And they go to great lengths. They sell everything they have so that they can buy that pearl. Uh, we believe that Jesus is our great treasure. He is infinitely valuable. And so we, we love Christ at Christ point. We love Jesus. And because we love Jesus, we love people. We love people at Christ point. This, by the way, is the great commandment. Love God and love your neighbor. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So imagine that, like someone goes up to Jesus and is like, hey, tell us, like, tell us what we need to do. Tell us how to live. How should we spend our days? How should we function as a people? What should we do? I mean, if you could give me the Cliff Notes version, like, what would you say? And Jesus says, well, love God and love people. And so that's what we want to do. We want to be a people who loves God, who loves Christ, because he is infinitely valuable. And we want to be a people who loves people. Uh, if you are a part of the Christ Point family, uh, we want to love you well. We want to love you well. Yes, we want to love you, church family, like generally, but we also want to love you specifically. We believe that's what God has called us to. Because we love God and because we love people, we exist as a church to point people to Jesus. Right? This is our heartbeat. I hope you see how those are connected. We exist to point people to Jesus. We talk about it um, all the time. It's the reason that we open up God's word on Sunday and we see Jesus. We pray that God would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Colossae and said in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, Him, Jesus, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So that's our heartbeat. We, we want to be used by God to point people to Jesus. We want to see people grow uh, to be more like Christ in the way that they think and speak and act. We want hearts uh, that are after God's own heart. Uh, we exist to point people to Jesus. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 37 reads... And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, this is Jesus, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does a profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? So Jesus is speaking to the people and he is telling them a universal truth, which is if anyone wants to come after Christ, there are three things uh, that he calls them to. The first is deny yourself. Deny yourself. In other words, realize that life is not about you. Life is not about you. Um, you, or me, we, 
We are not the center of the universe. Uh, That's not always easy uh, to remember or to live out. Deny yourself. Yes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, you have infinite value. Yes, you are created in the image of God. Yes, your thoughts, your feelings, your perspective really do matter. You matter. And uh, you are not the center of the universe. I am not the most important person in the room. If you want to come after Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus... We are called to deny ourselves, deny uh, self. And remember, um, that is not easy. Um, I don't know if anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Maybe they did. I'm okay with that. God does love you. He does have a wonderful plan for your life. Um, But that that plan is not an easy one. If you if you came to Jesus or if you're considering coming to Jesus because you think Jesus is going to fix everything and make everything easy, I don't want to discourage you, but I want to prepare you. A life of following Christ is not easy. It's good, but it's not easy. That's why Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. I mean, taking up your cross is a picture, is a sign of suffering. Following Jesus is not an easy life. It is incredibly rewarding. It is unspeakably good. But it is not easy. You will not avoid life in a fallen world if you follow Jesus. You will not experience Eden here on earth. Dying is difficult. And dying to self is hard. But this is the call of Jesus. Deny yourself, uh, take up your cross. And Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? When we talk about that, maybe you've heard someone invite you to follow Jesus. Maybe you've told others that you are a Jesus follower, which is a good thing. But what does that mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Sometimes we think about it in in two ways. We think about Jesus in terms of being with Jesus. Part of following Jesus is spending time with Jesus. Pursuing spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines that mark your life. Waking up in the morning with Jesus. Going before the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, what do you have for me today? Like, here I am. Like, I'm available. Like, lead me guide me. Just simply spending time with him. One of the ways that we grow in relationships with one another is we spend time together. One of the ways that we grow in our relationship with God is we spend time uh, with God. So we pursue spiritual practices. We uh, spend time with church family. Like we come on a Sunday morning, even when we have options, even when we have options, because being with the people of God is important to us. Because God is important to us. We love God and we love people. And God's called us to come and to gather and to encourage one another and to build one another up. Did you ever think that your presence on Sunday morning might be life-giving to someone that you see or meet? Did you ever think to yourself when you wake up in the morning that by, by you going to church, God may change the trajectory of someone's life for all of eternity? Do you ever think when you, when you show up that God has preordained conversations, sovereign conversations for you to have with one another? Like your presence here is not an accident. So God calls us to follow him. Part of following him is being with him, being with God and being with uh, the people of God. And then secondly, following Jesus means becoming like Jesus. I heard a pastor one time say, you are becoming someone And it is not your best intentions that will get you there. You are becoming someone. You're following someone or something. The question is, is who are you following? Uh, Jesus invites us to follow him so that we might become like him. What we're talking about this morning is really discipleship. 
Right? It's this invitation that Jesus makes on our lives to follow him, to become like him. Um, the New Testament talks about this all the time. It's interesting. The New Testament talks about being a Christian or uses that term Christian three times. Three times. We talk about that all the time. Hey, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? That's not a bad thing. New Testament uses that term three times. The New Testament talks about discipleship or being a disciple 281 times in the New Testament. There is this call to be a disciple, to be a learner, to be a follower of Jesus. Right? And when we talk about following Jesus, we're not talking about simply being interested in the things that Jesus said or did. Like He doesn't call us just to be interested. A couple of weeks ago, we were sitting at the, the kitchen table. Uh, Cademan is back from college, and so the five of us were all together. Uh, Melissa says this is the way that it should be. I don't know if we're ever going to let him go back uh, to school. Um, it's just a sweet time. We're sitting there around the table as a family, and, and Amelia had uh, her, her nails done. She got new nails. I don't know how this works, but I think, I don't know, you get them on Amazon or something. People... Like people send you nails in the mail, which is weird to me, but I don't know. They're like little stickers or something. So she put them on, and I don't know if Cademan saw them or heard that she got new nails. And so we're at the table, and Cademan said, hey, Amelia, show me, uh, show me your nails. And so she sticks out her hands like this, and Cademan responded like, like an 18-year-old would and said, Interesting. I don't know if that was the best response in that moment. Melissa kind of took that as an opportunity uh, to, to have a teachable moment and say, hey, someday you're going to fall in love. Maybe your wife is going to come to you and say, hey, what do, you, what do you think about this shirt or this skirt or this blouse or whatever? She's like, hey, just so you know, don't reply, interesting. <laughs> like there should be something more there other than that word. But you know what was, what was interesting when he said interesting, as I thought to myself, you know, we respond that way a lot in life. Like we have this experience and we go, oh, that's interesting. Or we come to the word and we read the word and we, we come face to face with the creator of the universe. We read his commands or his call. And oftentimes there's a temptation to just go, interesting. But I think God calls us to more. Like he, he doesn't just want us to meet him and think, oh, interesting, or to hear his commands and go, oh, interesting, or to read a story and go, oh, interesting. Like he, he wants us to be changed from the inside out. He wants us to be a, a different kind of people. You know, we're, we're fond of saying that God doesn't simply want behavior modification, and that's true. He, he doesn't. He wants to change us from the inside out, but but he does want to change us. And when he does change us from the inside out, we, we're called to live differently and to be a different kind of people. So Jesus calls us to follow him, uh, to, to be with him and to become like him. At Christ's point, we frame discipleship by, by talking about four core E statements. If you want to know practically how we pursue that is as a church, it's really in our four core E statements. I'm going to read them to you. I'm going to share about one of them, and then I'm going to invite our elders uh, to come up and to continue uh, to talk about this together. So how do we pursue pointing people to Jesus? What does that look like? Well, number one, it looks like encountering the life-transforming power of the Word of God. It looks like experiencing authentic community. It looks like establishing a culture of joyful service. It looks like engaging all people. Let's start with the first one. What does it mean to encounter the life-transforming power of the Word of God? Encountering uh, the life-transforming power of uh, the Word of God is an essential way that we as a church uh, pursue pointing people to Jesus. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 39 says, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. And this is a passage where uh, Jesus is reminding people the, the goal of the Christian life is not simply to get Bible smart. Like our, our goal isn't to equip people in such a way that we would be undefeated in biblical trivial pursuit. 
We, we don't want to just get Bible smart. We want the Bible to form and shape us and change us. Because Scripture points to Jesus. That doesn't mean that we dismiss the Word of God. It doesn't mean that we belittle the Word of God or that we don't care about the Word of God. Just the opposite. Like we hold up the Word of God. We want to know the Word of God. But we want to know the Word of God because the Word of God points us to Jesus. Christ's point teaches the Word of God in such a way that it enhances the believer's relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so that each person will experience greater heart transformation in alignment with God. Um, God's Word is given to us uh, not just for information but for transformation. God uses His living and active Word to change us all of the days of our life. If you have breath this morning, God is still in the business of changing you to become more like Christ through his word. Again, he's changing us from the inside out. And so because of that, at Christ Point, we aim to teach God's word faithfully on Sunday mornings uh, to those who attend our church family, those online, uh, in our groups, uh, to our children, and to our students. Uh, We encourage everyone not simply to come on Sunday morning and hear the word and go, hey, that was a good word and then do it again a week later. We want to encourage our people and equip our people uh, to to leave this place and go home and and eat this book, Um, to love the Word of God, to get up early in the morning or late at night or at your lunch break and open it up and say, God, speak, because He has. He's spoken to us in and through His Word. How do we point people to Jesus? We point people to Jesus by encountering the transforming power of the Word of God. Uh, With that, I want to invite our elders up this morning, and they're going to share with you uh, the next three core E statements. Um, The next three core E statements. And so Chris is going to sit to my right. Don't sit there. (laughs) Phil's not going to give Chris the mic. I'm going to show you. Oh, thank you. Water. Oh, that was so kind. Welcome, gentlemen. Before Billy starts talking, Chris, Phil, and Billy, your mic's not on yet, which is, might be a good thing. Okay, oh, there it is. Somebody else filled out a card. One of our other kids filled out one of those cards. Oh, okay. And it was apparently Taylor Swift. Really? I thought we were kind of humming along pretty good today. Things were moving in a good direction. Welcome, Billy. It's good to have you. Uh, Chris, why don't you share with our church family, uh, what does it look like for us to experience authentic community as a church? All right, here we go. So good morning, everybody. Happy Happy New Year, right? We're starting a new year in here, the first service of the new year. Um, So to experience Jesus fully means to experience him in community, much like the human body. Believers are interdependent parts of one another. Um, I have a different set of notes. Stand by a second, because that is not the one I wrote. I'm kind (laughs) of interested to know what you Well, you know what? It's uh, sometime, oh, sometime you just get a little ahead of yourself. Okay, there we go. Um, How is the world good at uh, creating experience in community uh, authentic community. Um, they're better at it than we are, better at it than, than churches are. Uh, you notice there's groups for everything, pickleball, groups for knitting, and those groups you can experience community, right? You can build community fairly easy in that. So um, our youth have built a good community, right? Would you say, Phil, our youth have built a pretty good community, yeah, experiencing that good community? Uh, admittedly, all churches struggle with this. Um, some do it better than others. Um, and do you know why? Because it's hard work. And uh, it takes time. And in our society right now, uh, we want, expect instant results, uh, and we don't, we don't want to wait. Um, it, can take, it can make you uncomfortable, which is not something we want. Um, I think the early church had an advantage. There was nothing at that time like the gospel message. Uh, it was revolutionary. And at times, their times were very hard. 
So we, on the other hand, are very comfortable. And so building that, or experiencing that authentic community takes a little more work. But we want to encourage each one of you to work towards this by regularly attending Sunday morning worship, by becoming a part of a group, whether it be a small group, whether it be men's, women's, or the gathering in the morning here uh, with uh, Russ, and or by serving on teams. And we'll have team meetings back here today as you leave. If you're interested in getting on team, we'd love to have you. Um, and Phil will touch on the life, life on Life Disciple Method later. And uh, community can start with hospitality, right? It can start with something as easy as asking somebody to go out, go out to lunch. It can start with a cup of coffee. Um, and so we want to encourage each one of you to, um, to build on that. Uh, here's a couple of verses that deal with building. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I was thinking of what James said this morning about how when you come in here, how God might have um, communi- communi- uh, you know, just a conversation with somebody might be life-giving to them. And that might be something that uh, if you don't attend, you're cutting that off. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, 8 through 11, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified, Through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Who has the the, uh, U-version on their phone? Anybody use the U-version word this morning? I thought it was interesting. That Hebrews verse was uh, uh, Hosanna Wong, if you know who she is, does a marvelous job of experiencing authentic community. If you guys want to look that up, it's a lot of fun to look at. So authentic community means a journey toward transparency. I love this that emanates from the grace we have received so we can freely share our joys, our hurts, our fears, our sins, and our shortcomings. It means we extend this grace to others as we pray for each other and as we meet each other's needs and respect each other's boundaries. So very powerful, and I love the way that is on our website. And I want each of you to know that uh, there are people around you this morning who have experienced things that you might be going through right? Life brings experiences. God has placed us together to share with each other those things and the comfort you can bring to each other. But that can only happen when we get together, right? So we don't want to add to your already busy schedules, all right? This is a new year. We do want you to consider these avenues available to you and why is because of our tendencies from the garden, right, from our sin, initial sin, self-sufficiency and isolation come out of our sin nature. And we don't want to feed that. We want to feed what Christ brings. Work towards experiencing authentic community, okay? We love each one of you. We're glad you're here this morning, and there we go. Thanks, Chris. We uh, One of the ways that we point people to Jesus is by experiencing authentic community and another way is by establishing a culture of joyful service good morning good morning i'm gonna put this up a little closer to my mouth um so my name's phil Uh, i'm one of the elders here at christ point Um, i've been married to ann 25 years Uh, we've got two boys henry's 19 and henry's uh, eli's 16 so um there's nothing there's nothing that makes me happier than to be able to serve Jesus through his church and wherever I am. And so um, I love to serve. Uh, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Um, and so one of the ways we point people to Jesus is by establishing a culture of joyful service. And so joyful service emerges from a heart that is responding to God's grace, his love, and his mercy, a heart that really is overflowing of gratitude. You heard uh, Henry and Allie singing about gratitude um, Scripture teaches that we are God's workmanship, uh, created in Christ for good works. 
i.e. service, uh, that God's prepared for us to do. So he's prepared a work for us to do. Um, not just me, not just these guys, but each one of you. Um, Christ Point, we endeavor to establish and sustain a culture in which believers uh, are encouraged to discover their God-given design and gifts and also partner with Christ Point in areas that aligns with not only God's purpose for his church, uh, but also uh, your lives as well. And so we want to marry those up. And so every ministry position at Christ Point um, has significant value and is indispensable um, in accomplishing the vision God has for Christ Point. Uh, in the same way, every part of the body, as you heard Chris talk about, uh, is crucial to its health. So um, we've seen some pretty cool things happen at Christ Point over the last year. We had new ministries start, like the new college ministries start. Uh, we've got a, a nursery over here, which is really neat. And so, and we've seen new people jump in and start serving with their gifts. We've seen the worship team grow um, in a lot of other places. And so uh, we strive to build a service, um, uh, build our serving ministries based on biblical principles and structure and processes to ensure the best fit and experience for those serving in any capacity at Christ Point. And so Matthew 20, 28 says this. It says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. And so um, Jesus came to serve and not to be served. Um, I'm going to give a challenge to you guys. Um, If you've been here six months and you call Christ Point home, you need to be serving. You need to be using the gifts God has given you in his church and for his people to point people to him. Um, The most common reason I hear people say, I can't serve, is time. I don't have the time to do it. Honestly, that's a lie. Uh, We just haven't prioritized our time to serve in the church Jesus died for. Let that sit. Jesus died for his church. We have time. Praise God you guys are looking online or here. You have time to be here. I was talking to Jody, who leads our uh, kids' ministry this morning, and uh, I, was, I was sharing with her about what we're going to be talking about. And she said, well, people have time to come to church. They have time to serve. I said, like, what a great point. Um, and there's so many different – there's a range of commitment, right? And so we all have the opportunity to serve. Um, and so don't sit on the sidelines, don't sit on the sidelines. You're missing out. You're missing out on what God can do in and through you uh, to point people to Jesus. Um, so when we serve using the gifts God gives us, the church is built up and God is glorified. Um, I'm excited for the leaders who have joyfully served. Uh, and I'm also excited for those who are going to jump in. Uh, this morning, our elders pray and others pray before the church. And one of our prayers was that in the back when... After the service, there's going to be sign-ups for serving that those papers are full, right? And we got to turn it over and, and write people's names down, that people just come say, I want to serve in God's church. And so, yeah, one of the ways we point people to Jesus is by establishing a culture of joyful service. Bill? Do you want to say anything not to a, introduce? Not a thing. Not a thing? You're, you're doing a great job. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, my name's Billy. Uh, they, they literally took my microphone a minute ago. So um, I'm glad this one works. Um, I'm Billy, one of the elders. I'm married to Anne Marie uh, Gwaltney. She has the same last name I do. Um, she's, uh, she's an awesome wife. I have a daughter, Ava, 22, and a son, Gavin, who um, is about to be 19. I have to remember that. Um, and they're the joy of my life. The other joy of my life is what doing what God put me here to do. Um, and what's interesting is that as we, um, as what James, you know, as, as the gospel that he shared earlier and the verses that he shared earlier about dying to ourselves is that the little secret, maybe the dirty little secret in all that, is that as that happens, we get the life that we ultimately crave. Um, it, it, when no one ever serves Jesus and ends up regretting it. It just doesn't happen. Um, now, there, there are anecdotal stories where people feel like the, the church used them or something didn't go right or whatever. 
Um, but in the grand scheme of things, over the long term, if we get, if we die to ourselves and live for him, we will never regret it. That comes through in our joyful service, and it comes through in our last core E, which is engaging everybody. When we did that a handful of years ago, I was like, should we caveat that? I mean, everybody, every, engaging all people? I mean, that's a, all is a big word. Um, and the answer is no, we can't, we can't cut it back. There's no one that that doesn't, um, that God puts in our path that we shouldn't engage in some way or another. Um, and so engaging, um, it starts with the people that are in front of us. It starts with people in our home. It starts with the people that know us the best and, and can, you know, maybe tolerate us the least, right? We got to engage them in a way that points them to Jesus. Um, we also need to engage, um, those here at Christ Point, I say that we, we have a, an impact team that greets everyone that you can um, um, ask to, to con- be considered to join that. The, the people that do that, Andy and Scott and Patrick, Jorge, um, they're the best on the planet at it. Um, but really, the reality is, is that we're all greeters. We're all, we're all serving as interacting with each other. Um, that's not left to the, the people that have signed up to do it. We should all engage each other. Uh, and by engage, we mean like learning each other's story, uh, experiencing authentic community. That doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally, and it happens by um, asking questions and getting to know people as we share uh, our story in an authentic way as well. And where that really comes through in the engaging all people is in our missions partners and efforts that we engage uh, at, at Christ Point. Uh, we do this at Christ Point through the Go Team. Uh, you may have heard us talk about that. Um, the Go Team, and we, we contribute a percentage of the revenue that that is that comes into Christ Point goes into the Go Fund. Um, and this is specifically allocated towards uh, supporting ministries that we partner with. Um, and these are significant partnerships because we want we partner with the best people in the world at what they do. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are people that God has designed to do things, uh, specific things to further his kingdom, and we want to come alongside them and support that. And so that's what we do. Um, we have uh, on the go team uh, is currently is myself and Grant Hanthorn, who is in the back. He chases around a couple of little boys, usually most Sundays. Um, it's so awesome to have him uh, on the team. We have a uh, 1-7 core team. I'll talk about 1-7 as a ministry in a second. Um, and Carmen Vasquez is a part of that. She is a rock star. Uh, Grant serves on that, as do I. Um, y'all, if you've been around for a little bit, you, you may have heard about or experienced the Operation Christmas Child event we did in November where we packed over 1,100 shoeboxes, um, and that was, um, um, that was uh, look, Denise Clifton, Heather Henry, and Dixie Cody were in charge of that, and they are rock stars with capital R and capital S, okay, so... Um, they're really, really good at that. That was a remarkable event. Um, I dropped off, I had the pleasure of taking the boxes Monday morning to drop them off. And the people that pick those up, were, that you drop them off, they're not used to people showing up with 1,100 boxes. Um, and so that was really cool. It was an awesome experience. Um, God showing off through the generosity of Christ Point and the talents that he's that He's brought here. Um, we... Um, so there, there are a handful of ministries. We, we kind of separate them in local ministries and then, and then international ministries. The local ministries we support are Mission City Food Pantry. Mission, Mission City Church is about uh, 15 minutes from here. In COVID, during COVID, they started a food pantry because people were really hurting. Um, and they were giving out Bibles, and they asked us through a relationship we had with them um, that James has with the pastor there, and they just said, hey, do you guys want to participate? And we said, sure, we do. And so we did. Um, and it is, it's just been something that we felt compelled to continue to contribute. We support Young Life um, that takes the gospel into local high schools and middle schools. Um, we partner with 1-7 uh, Ministries, which is uh, downtown in Charlotte, um, 
They are a soccer ministry where they disciple men into or boys into men through soccer. Um, they're competitive. They're really good at it, and they take in refugees. Uh, whoever comes to your mind when you think of the term the least of these, that's who 1-7 goes after. Uh, and they bring them in, and they don't just patch them up and send them back out. They keep them. Um, they do ridiculously difficult work with eternity in mind, and we are going to support that, and so we do. Um, another one, so those are the kind of the local, and then there's the Operation Christmas Child that we've supported. There's also on the international side uh, Children's Impact Network, which is um, uh, they have a ministry in Honduras where they have built a uh, an orphanage that is massively cool. Um, we were able to donate $7,300 or $7,200 a couple of months ago for them to buy a new lawnmower. Picture, please. Um, A a serious Toro tractor that has to be first rate. They had one that lasted over a decade. They needed it. Grass grows in Honduras. I don't know if you've ever been there. If you have been there, serious, serious grass. Okay, It laughs at your little push mower. Um, you got to bring a big boy mower to this thing, and it's being driven by a 13-year-old boy, so it's got to be able to handle it. So uh, we were able to contribute to this. You can, I love this picture because you can see the, the life center in the back of it. It's, it's um, one of the closest places to heaven on earth that, that I have found, uh, and so we've supported them. We go to Honduras. Um, um, we've gone about eight years in a row. We're about to go again. We're planning that team that's coming up. Uh, the, ne- the interest meeting will be next week. There's, then there's Uncharted, which is a ministry. We fund a safe house in uh, Jordan uh, for MBBs, um, people that find Jesus that uh, are not supposed to find Jesus. And we support that and, uh, and love that ministry. And then there's David and Ruth Marino, who are in Dubai uh, with uh, ministering to um, MBBs in the Middle East with a goal to go to a currently closed country. I don't want to say what it is, but many of you know what it is. Um, but that's their ultimate goal, and we are, we are supporting that. They're starting a church that's focused on people with that, uh, with that background. And so uh, we don't just give, we also go. I mentioned the Honduras trip is coming up again. Um, talk to anyone who's been to Honduras. There's one common theme, and that is they want to go back. Uh, I dare you to go. I dare you to go. Uh, it'll change your life. It'll rock your life. It'll, it'll mess with you in a way that will draw you to Jesus and those he cares about. Um, other things we do are we go serve with 1-7, serving dinner with them, um, hanging out with them. Uh, we usually typically do that about quarterly, hoping to do that more. Um, that's just a really sweet time. Um, and some people here at Christ Point have developed, um, kind of, you know, significant personal relationships with people on staff and people that live there. Um, and that's been a lot of fun for us. Um, and then, you know, like I said, there's the Operation Christmas Child that we've done. And we're going to continue to evaluate these ministries and decide and look into what we need to go deeper with we want to go deep instead of wide and so we're we're very intentional about um about what we do in these particular things um we're not doing a q a are we no so i think that's about it um that's an overview uh, i'm happy to share with you more about it this is what lights me up i could talk about this all day as you can probably tell i just love love, love what God does. And if you knew me, if you knew me 20 years ago, you would laugh. Because the one thing that kept me from giving myself to Jesus was he was going to make me go on a mission trip, and I didn't want to go. He was going to upend my life, and I didn't want to go. And so I finally surrendered, and I said, just make me love it. Okay, I'll do whatever you want to do, but I'm not going to do what I don't have fun doing. I'm just not. And God said, okay, I'll make you have fun doing it. It's the best kept secret on the planet that I would love to be in Honduras right now. Uh, I would love to be in Jordan. I can't wait to go back. And I'm not special, okay? The same, the same thing is available to anyone. I dare you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Billy, for sharing that. Thank you, Ben, for sharing those, those four core E's with me. 
Um, we want to share with you just a little bit, just briefly, about kind of three objectives or three things that we're praying toward uh, this next year and invite you to pray along with us. And so uh, Phil is going to kick us off and talk about Life on Life Discipleship. All right, Life on Life Discipleship. So before Jesus went to heaven, ascended to heaven, in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, he said this to his disciples. It says, uh, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus told his disciples this, and he tells us the same thing. And so Jesus commissioned his disciples and us to go and make disciples. And so we want to encourage you to move into intentional life-on-life discipleship relationships this year. And it's just a foundation for what we're going to be building on in the years to come. And so everyone needs a Paul, everyone needs a Barnabas, and everyone needs a Timothy in their lives. So it sounds pretty simple, um, but... When applied, it can be life transformational. It will change your life. Um, so another way to say it is everyone needs sort of a guide, a teacher, a mentor, right? Um, everyone needs a teammate, and everyone needs an apprentice. So we need someone that can build into our lives and pour in that's ahead of us, that can sort of walk with us through the journey that's been ahead of us. Um, we also need someone who can co-labor and work alongside us. And we also need someone whom we're passing along the wisdom and the knowledge that God has given us. And we probably need more than one in each category, right? Um, So this type of discipleship sees those everyday relationships, whether you're at work, you're at home, you're in the community, you're at school, as intentional life-on-life discipleship opportunities. Um, so when you're sharing life with someone, think about it. Think about the people you share life with. When you're sharing life with someone, um, there's a level of trust already built in, right? And so they're more apt to want to know your story, which is a powerful tool in being able to share the gospel with someone because there's a level of trust there. And it's just as you're going, as you're going. So uh, one recent example here at Christ Point was a close friend of mine who serves in multiple uh, ministries here at Christ Point, he made a decision uh, to pray about someone in each ministry that he served in because he wanted to be more intentional with those relationships and to start just walking with people more intentionally. And so he's now in multiple life-on-life discipleship relationships where he's growing closer to these individuals, but also they're growing closer to God. Think about that. And that's what we want to encourage each of you guys to do this year and beyond. And so, listen, I'm, I'm the man I am today because of God's grace, his mercy, his patience, and his kindness working in my life, uh, molding me, shaping me, challenging me, uh, forming me. Sort of like, Bill, if you knew me years ago, you wouldn't want to know me. Uh, but God is merciful, he's patient, and he's a really good God. Um, God has used people throughout my whole life in this process. Back in high school, any high schoolers out there, he used a guy named Don who just grabbed breakfast with me and a guy named Dan every Saturday morning. (laughs) And um, we were supposed to read a book. I never read the book. Dan would skim it on the drive-in, and then he would tell me about it, and we'd sit down and have breakfast with Don at 7.30 on Saturday mornings. But Don invested. He was was intentional. Uh, In college, there was Bill. uh, When we were newlyweds and I was a new father, Joey and Mark, uh, were guys, and the list goes on and on of people who have just poured into my lives. And over the last years, these men have been gracious. God has been gracious to put these men in my life to sort of press in and to sharpen me as a man. Um, I'm grateful for those who have guided me. Um, one of my favorite verses is Second uh, Timothy two two. It says, "So Paul is saying this to Timothy. He says, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses.'" And trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others as well. So I think about that, and I think about my life. Um, I get the pleasure of serving here at Christ Point as an elder. I get the pleasure of serving on the, uh, our student ministry team. I think about the 12 or so leaders that serve with our, our, our high school and middle school students that I get to co-labor with and serve um, as we sharpen each other and we point youth to Jesus. Um, and I think, too, about some of the high, there's, there's a handful of high school guys 
um, that have started a Bible study on their own and invited other guys into it, right? How cool is that? Like God is multiplying the people of God, and they're wanting to do this. And so um, as elders, we want to intentionally model this well for you uh, this year and provide a culture of discipleship that will live on to years to come. And so, you know, Paul invested a significant amount of time and energy into Timothy, and now Timothy was instructed to do the same thing uh, with other men. And the Bible is full of gospel partnerships. You know, in, in Acts, uh, we see how Paul partnered uh, with Barnabas and then later with Silas and others. And so, um, and you see sort of Paul, um, he wasn't a one-man show. He wasn't. He invited others in and, like, God multiplied his efforts. And he worked side-by-side side with a lot of people like Barnabas. Um, so here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. Um, do you have a Paul? Do you have a Barnabas? Um, do you have a Timothy in your life? If you don't, you need one. You need one. And um, we want to encourage everyone to move into those life-on-life discipleship relationships this year. So first it starts with prayer, like asking God. Say, God, like, I want to do this. I have a desire to do this. Like, show me who that person or per- people are that I w- you want me to move into. Who's, who's that Paul? Who's that Timothy? Who's that Barnabas? Um, so ask God. Seek God. And secondly, don't let your search stop with your prayer. Um, be intentional about it. But also, when God lays a person on your heart, ask them. Go to them. Because you might just find out the type of relationship that you had in mind was exactly the kind of relationship that person was looking for. So pray about it, and then when God puts someone on your heart, move. Um, so prior, our, one of our priorities this year is for us to move into one-on-one discipleship relationships. Um, the next priority, is it facility? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Phil. Um, so, yeah, I've got a, a, a quick facility update um, and a, a money update. We uh, started announcing in November, uh, first, you know, we're, we're looking to get a facility. We, we bought six and a half acres um, back in 2021 over here on Ridge Road for 520000 We have the money to completely pay that off, okay? We've been celebrating that. Um, we're looking to get... Uh, a permanent facility that will likely involve some financing. Um, uh, a gentleman who has attended Christ Point for a while now that's uh, kind of right up his alley, he's an expert at church and and company financing, uh, indicated, hey, it would be a good idea if there's a way that you could show continued increase in giving without any dips. Um, now, it's not a deal killer, okay, um, but it would help. And so we uh, were c- communicating to you that, hey, we needed, you know, we were 15,000 short. We were whatever those numbers were in November and then in December. Well, I found out we, we got confirmation that we blew that away, okay? So praise God, we, we have had, um, we've had a continued increase in giving since 2019. Now, when you can show that, that during COVID and everything that's gone on, think about since 2019, that our giving has continued to go up no matter what, that's a, that paints a good story, okay? That tells a good story, and that's what we're doing. That's what we, we, what we need to do. Um, and so we're grateful for that. In 2022, we ended the year with about 688000 um, in cash. Um, this year we ended with about 734,000 or a little bit more. That's, that's after expenses, after everything else, we've had higher expenses. Um, we've had, you know, things keep going up, but, but so does our giving. Christ Point, you, we, you, we, all of us, I mean, this is a generous, generous church. Okay. Um, and we praise God for that. Um, and with that generosity comes, um, responsibility okay and like we've got to figure out a place to go all right this is a rent we're renting the barn um we need a permanent facility and that's what we've been focused on we have engaged started talking with um uh 
an architect that that's been that's designed buildings for decades and decades who calls Christ Point home, uh, a financial guy who calls Christ Point home. Um, these are people that God has brought to us. We have a team that's working on this that are crunching the numbers every way we can. Um, I was hopeful that we would have more concrete info, but, but even by today, but we didn't because of the holidays. But things look really good for us to be able to. Um, to, to come up with an option, some viable options, okay? As soon as we know those, we will be engaged in that, and we will pray about that, and we will present that to you. Um, as we continue to talk about this, now to be sure, does everybody know where the property is? That We've got some new folks here. If you go out here and turn right, there's this big old sign that says Future Home of Christ Point. There's a there's a house on there. We've been meeting as an office space. That's where the... the People meet for groups and Bible studies, and that's where James's and, and Anna's offices are. Um, and so we've been using, you know, using that um, facility like crazy. Um, and God's been so good to us. None of this happens if COVID doesn't happen, okay? So, <laughs> I mean, now God could have done other things. We could have met Ayler and all that without COVID. But my point is, is that God has taken what the enemy meant for evil and turned it into good. And we are a shining example of that. As we continue to um, move forward, okay, we are, the, the expectation is that every man, woman, and child that has the slightest bit of interest in Christ Point and calling Christ Point home would be praying regularly and diligently for our future home, Okay. We're praying for financing. We're praying for money. We're praying for we're praying for the right people, the contractors. We're praying for everything. We need favor. We need God's favor. We will also be having what my family we call family meetings. Okay, we're probably going to have a couple of family meetings. My kids love family meetings because that means we're going to talk about something serious. Um, and we will have some conversations where we're going to talk about things. We're no longer a little baby church. Okay, we're, we, we can't just wing it and pay rent and not worry about it. We are at a phase where decisions matter. And as soon as we know, you will know. Okay, and we need prayer. Okay, we need everyone focused on this and giving. The generosity can't stop. And that's not just because James needs a new car. That's not it. None of that. None of that. Okay, we're going to, we're going to, the, the building we're going to build is not going to be fancy. It's going to be functional. Okay. And it's going to allow us to spread the gospel in this place right here where thousands and thousands of people run up and down this road completely oblivious to the judgment that is coming. Okay? Oblivious. They need to be woken up. And they need, and some of them God has picked to be chosen to find him and to spend eternity where we're going to be. And we're going to move whatever we got to move to be ready to go get them. We're going to go get them. You can come with us. I hope you come with us. You don't have to come with us, but we're going to do it anyway. Okay? So I am so grateful for the people that call Christ Point home. I've, I, I, this church makes me excited every time I think about it. Uh, and I, I, I'll shut up. That's it. Thank you. Thanks, Billy. So recently, our our elders made the decision. Uh, by the way, I didn't. You guys all started off with uh, your. You're going to introduce you yourself and your family, I, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. I, I was going to say that's all right. So my my name. I'm an elder here, uh, Chris Cody, and my wife Dixie is a rock star with a capital R and capital S, as uh, Janet Billy said. And uh, we've been here been here a while. I don't, how many years you said you're? It's been yeah, about a decade. So. Uh, love to call Christ Point home, and it's just so good uh, to see all you guys, and I, I don't know a lot of you, and I wish you would come and introduce yourself to me. I would love to get to know you. So, uh, Recently, uh, our elders made the decision to give James a 12-week sabbatical. Uh, that will take place later this year, July through September. During this time, James will be free from his responsibilities, uh, both routine and emergency. He is encouraged to focus solely on personal rest, spiritual rejuvenation, and professional growth. Uh, leading up to this sabbatical, we will be preparing for the months when he is away. Uh, why did we decide that? So according to Barna Research, only one out of ten pastors actually retire as a pastor. Okay, 
So it's understandable that when you hear pastor and sabbatical in the same sentence, you might assume something is wrong uh, or someone's in trouble. Neither is the case here, okay? Instead, we want to proactively um, protect and care for our pastors, all right, and our people in hopes of increasing their longevity and both in ministry and in our, on our staff. So James has served as a pastor on staff at Christ Point for 17 years, 17 years, people. We believe proactively caring for him and his family will help ensure personal, spiritual, and emotional health so that he can lead and shepherd in a way that honors God and benefits the church. Uh, you'll hear more about this time uh, away as the time draws near, but we're both excited for James and also excited for the ways well, we'll grow as a church through this season. And if you have any questions, please come see one of us, okay? We'd love to answer those questions. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, so excited. Sure. No, I, I think it's important to, because to, I, I, you know, this we've been talking about a sabbatical for a while, and and I've talked to some people in the church that are much farther along than, than any of us have been doing this a long time. There is something unique about, a career as a pastor that is uh, just different, okay? And and all of us know that. I mean, the, as elders, we serve biblically as pastors as well. But when you're the when you're the paid staff uh, pastor, that's a different animal. And um, it's important to understand that burnout is permanent, okay? Like. And I've learned this in my own business development and, and talking with experts. And they, when, when the part of the brain, when people burn out in anything, when the part of the brain that burns out, that's like a circuit gets fried and it does not come back. Not in this lifetime. Okay? You want to stay as far as possible away from burnout. And the only way you do that, the only way I've found to do that in America, in the suburbs, in the church, is intentional rest. Intentional oscillation. Oscillation meaning after a period of significant engagement, you have a period of disengagement that is protective. And that's what we're going to do here. James is in a great place. I'm, I'm going to speak for him a little bit because he won't. I, I meet with James every week. We're, we're in touch with him all the time. He is in a really good place. Okay? We want it to stay there. Okay? We want him to stay there. And so we're going to invest in this. Now, some of you may say, why now? Like, like we got a building coming up? Well, guess what? There's never a good time to rest. It's why most people don't rest. It's why people burn out. You, if you wait around until you're, there's a good time to rest, you won't rest. A good time to pray, you won't pray. A good time to read, you won't read. It's all about intentionality. Everything we're talking about up here is about us being intentional. We plan to do what God put us here to do. We don't drift to it. We're intentional, and that means we have to be disciplined, and that means he's going to be totally unplugged. And guess what that's going to show us? It's going to show us that he's not the glue holding us together. It's going to show us that no one other than Jesus Christ himself is holding the church together. No one. And we will experience that. He will experience that. We will experience that. We're going to spend the next seven or eight months preparing for it. So this is being, we're, we're measuring three, four, five times before we cut once. Okay, so I just want to say anybody that has any questions about that, um, James is a big deal. He is probably one, probably my best friend on the planet besides Phil and Chris and everybody else that I haven't thought. I mean, there, there are some people that are Anne Marie. See, I forgot my wife. I mean, <laughs> OK, but James is a special, special guy. And I know there are a ton of people here that are going amen to that. And we've got to protect him. We've got to do this. So this is what this is an investment. It's biblical and it is intentional. So I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. No, no. I just, I just, I, I've been thinking about people having questions, going, "Wait, you just talk about a building, and now you're going to let him go take a vacation?" No, that's not what this is. This has been on the radar for a long time, and now's the time. So that's it. <laughs> Shoot. 
Judy. Bless your heart. Hey, I'm really excited about how uh, God is going to grow his people this next year. I'm really looking forward to seeing how God provides with building. We really see a building as a tool to advance the gospel here in this community around the world. Uh, I see a sabbatical as a gift from the Lord. I know on behalf of my family and myself, super excited for that. Uh, I told a friend recently that uh, my, my hope and prayer is that uh, I either die at this church or you kill me. And so whichever comes first. Let me pray for us right now. We're going we're gonna to worship, and then I have some very important announcements. I know the hour is long for us as a church historically. You know, we're kind of closer to an hour than an hour and a half, but if you could hang tight for, for 10 more minutes or so, I'd greatly appreciate it. Let me pray for us and invite you to pray along with me. God, thanks so much for your grace and for your goodness to us. Thank you for the great uh, joy and privilege that we have be, uh, to be a part of what you're doing in this community and world. Uh, thank you so much for Christ's point. Lord, you have dreamed up this church uh, long before any of us walked on this planet. Uh, your plan for us is good, and we give you thanks. I pray that you would move in a mighty and a powerful way this next year. I pray that you would do uh, exceedingly uh, more than we could ever ask or imagine. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would work in such a way that people look and go, man, only God could do that. And uh, in doing so, Lord, I pray that you would get all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. We need your help, Lord. We're a dependent people. We don't have it figured out. We're not smart enough, gifted enough, or talented enough to do life on our own terms. We need you, and so I pray that you would meet us. God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit.